This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's the amazing Rico Bronia podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Happy one-week anniversary since our baseball season ended. Welcome to another off-season edition of Rico Bronia, where today we'll try to distract you from the pain of being a New York Mets fan, as we will take a look at how to watch the postseason as a Mets fan, your guide to watching the postseason with the New York Mets eliminated. We'll also give some quick thoughts on the fact that there were two 80-wins teams in the National League Championship Series, which has made the regular season one giant waste of time. But our producer from Carton Roberts, Lou Gower, Tommy Lugie is joining us, and I know he requested a few minutes to bitch about the team before we get started. So, Lugie, the floor is yours. What do you have to say about the crappy New York Mets? Yeah, Evan, it's just not that they're crappy. It's not just that they lost. It's not just that the season was a total failure. It's the fact that they just can't seem to – I think when Cohen took over the team, we were all excited because we felt like the Mets would no longer be a joke, right? He would get it, right? But one trip into the postseason, it feels like he doesn't. These Mets, joke writes itself. The DJ Friday night playing, we are the freaking champions. When last time I checked, we aren't, and we were losing the game. The trumpet, and listen, Edwin Diaz deserved the moment. He absolutely deserved that moment, but I don't need Mr. Met playing the trumpet. I don't need all that. So we become a meme a joke, a laughing stop. They just can't lose, right? They have to add on, add on, add on, add on. And I'm just so sick of it because I don't want to be a laughing stock. I want to be seen on the same level as the Yankees, as the Braves, as the Dodgers. And until they stop being a joke and a clown show and just stepping on their own foot, they are going to be just like the Wilpon Mets. Now, the difference is, Unlike the other two who went to witness protection and didn't listen to their fans, Steve Cohen's on Twitter. He hears what they says. I'm sh- I would love to have been in his mentions for this, this crap. I think he'll see that. I think when they make the postseason again, they'll cut back a little bit on that stuff and they'll move in the right direction. So, yeah, I just, for me, just little things on and off the field where the Mets can just get to that next level, level up and be a different franchise and a different organization and with that said Evan as the Yankees move on here the loser's guide something that's been my life's work rooting for teams when the Mets are out of it well well a couple of things I I don't know if this made you feel any better but the Atlanta Braves season ended days after the Mets season ended 
The LA Dodgers won 111 games season ended days after the Mets season ended. And we're staring at a championship series that features two teams that basically tried to miss the playoffs. And the Philadelphia Phillies were choking down the stretch and the Padres were a mediocre team. Is there any part of you? Because there is a small part of me that feels better, which I'll explain. But is there any part of you that looks at who's left standing in the National League and says, maybe we aren't as big of a joke as you thought we were seven days ago? Not really, because the Dodgers and the Braves, last time I checked, have had parades recently, and I hate the Phillies. So to me, that Braves-Philly series was a no-win scenario. I understand the Braves had a better regular season. I get that, and the Phillies stunk. I mean, it really is astonishing because you can't even say like, well, the best teams get there, the hottest teams move on. The Phillies were almost on the verge of not making the postseason, so they weren't exactly No, no, but they got now. But they got oh, hot. I, now, I understand right? that, Evan. But they had no momentum going into this. Where they just flip a switch and got hot. So, so it's they not. Did, but I'm look, to it's me, it's it's not that I'm happy the Philadelphia Phillies beat the Atlanta Braves because, quite frankly, I couldn't watch the series. It was painful to watch. I hate Likewise. both teams. And when the Phillies won Game One, my reaction is f them. I want the Braves to win. When the Braves came back and won Game Two, my reaction was f that. I want the Phillies to win. So you know, I remember we all do being rivals with Jimmy Rollins and Ryan Howard mm. and the Phillies not that long ago. But more than that, we remember the people. The people of Philadelphia are disgusting. All right? They're all a bunch of losers for anyone listening. Awful. I deal with them as a, a net Sixers thing. So it, it wasn't that I was happy the Braves lost. And you're right. The Braves and Dodgers have won championships recently. It was more a reminder that – the Mets aren't a joke for being a 100-plus win team that got eliminated early because the truth is that happens all the time. That, that, that's what the reminder was. All that other stuff, fine. You know, the trumpet stuff, the these Mets stuff, whatever. I'm just talking about the idea that a 101-win team that had this great regular season choked it immediately and got knocked out immediately all I'm saying is the Dodgers and the Braves were a reminder that that happens a lot. This isn't the first time we've seen 100-win teams get eliminated really early, and whether it's the Divisional Series or it's the newly created Wild Card Series, Tweedledee, Tweedledum, you're still out before you got to a League Championship Series. So to me, in a small way, a very minor way, it just reminded me that what the Mets failed to do is actually sort of common these days where you flame out in the postseason immediately. It is, but then you could go back to all the moves they made at the uh, the deadline didn't work out. They were built to win the series, and they didn't win. It's not like you went in going like, listen, if tomorrow night, you know, the Yankees, if the in a bullpen game, if the bullpen falters, you could say, well, wait a second, that was a weakness. The strength of the Mets in a short series with all that starting pitching, and they all fail, except for Jake, they all failed against the Padres, and they all failed against the Braves. So that's really the frustrating part of it, is that we were set up, in theory, with the rotation, with Edwin in the ninth, to do damage, and they went out in a whimper. They didn't hit, they didn't do anything. So it's the way they went out, plus all the bull crap off the field, all the stupid stuff that drives me nuts. That, to me, is where the frustration. And, well, yeah, the Braves I, and Dodgers, sure, they lost seven, but they've won recently. So, you know what? They, no, they, no, they, they have a little bit of a mulligan. Yeah. They have. It, it's crazy to think about because 
I, I love Major League Baseball. I love 162 games. I'm very passionate about every single game that's played. We spent most of the year talking about how important it was to win the National League East. I got to tell you, maybe this will wear off by the time we get to April of 2023. But after what we've seen in the postseason this year, are we really supposed to take 162 that seriously? No. I mean, we're really nope. supposed to? I mean, aren't we supposed to have the attitude of, you know what, F it, just make the playoffs, whether it's as a wild card team or a division winner, first round by, non first round by, it doesn't really matter. You just have to play your best baseball at the right time of year. You got to get lucky at the right time of year because the fact that we're sitting here and we're staring at Padres Phillies National League Championship Series defies all logic. I mean, we we watched the LA Dodgers win 111 games. We watched how close the Braves were when they dismantled us in a three-game series. And we also watched us destroy the Philadelphia Phillies all season long. We also watched the Phillies try to give away a playoff spot. And the fact that those two teams are playing in the NLCS, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm a hypocrite. I feel like as soon as opening day comes, I'll forget all this crap and it'll be back to, we got to win the division. We got to win 100 games and all that stuff's going to matter. But I tell you, man, the, this postseason has been a reminder that maybe all that stuff that we thought mattered doesn't matter. Yeah, maybe not. And if you want to take it even further about all the extra teams getting in, and that could be its own, own other podcast, which I think also wars down the regular season. And I get having more teams interested in September. Who cares? I think it takes away a lot of the prestige to of it. But in one breath, I'm frustrated that we lost to the Padres. But in, Evan, in a lot of ways, you look at the Padres, especially with the production they've got at the bottom of the order and the mojo they've got going. You're like, all right, th this is a pretty good team. I mean, they have superstar players and they're getting production bottom of the order. Uh, Musgrove's awesome, as we know, and Darwin and stuff like that. The Phillies, I have absolutely no I, – I, I cannot explain that. I, I've watched baseball. I'm 37 years old. I've watched baseball my whole life. I, I, I cannot explain how the Phillies are in the NLCS. I, there is absolutely no explanation for the run <laughs> they're on. I can make an argument for the Padres. I cannot for the Phillies. I have absolutely no idea how the hell they're doing this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So we are down to five teams. We are recording this right after the Yankees forced a winner-take-all game five. So I guess most people listening time Monday, if you're listening Tuesday, you already know that one of the teams we're talking about has been eliminated because it is down to five, the two teams in the NL, the Astros who completed a very difficult sweep over the Seattle Mariners, and then obviously the Yankees in Cleveland are playing a game five at Yankee Stadium. Let's start with them. I think that 97% of Met fans and 98% of people that are listening right now who are Met fans, who identify as Met fans, are rooting against the Yankees. I don't want to hear this crap that you sometimes hear of, well, I'm a New Yorker. You know, I'm a New Yorker. I'm rooting for the Yankees. There have been times in which my hatred for the Yankees has certainly waned. You've given me crap for that over the years that I don't hate, hate Yankees. Maybe the way I used to. And that's true. I don't. 
But there's no doubt, there's no question that when I sit my ass down and I'm watching Cleveland versus the Yankees in the American League Divisional Series, especially with two really good football teams these days, (laughs) I want the Yankees out. I want them out. And I do think that the vast majority of the fan base, maybe it varies in degree in terms of hate or dislike, but the vast majority of this fan base doesn't go with this crap I root for New York garbage. They want the Yankees eliminated, and they're wearing Cleveland Guardian underwear this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've made my hatred for the Yankees known, uh, so I'm not even going to go crazy into it now. Let me talk to the 2% that that are rooting for the Yankees. The baseball team from Cleveland is now getting into rarefied air. We are, if they get bounced tomorrow, we are now and should be starting to talk about them like the Red Sox like the Cubs. What has it Evan, been 74 years and they lost what twice in the world series in a game seven. That is freaking brutal. Guess what? The Yankees are going to be there next year, the year after that, the year after that, the year after that. And as soon as Manfred expands the playoffs to 15 teams, they'll be in there every year. How about the poor folks of Cleveland? I don't want to hear about LeBron James and the Cavs. How about the fan that the Cleveland, the baseball team from Cleveland, because I'm not going to call them the other name, the baseball team from Cleveland, those fans that have suffered and suffered, how about they get a freaking bone? So those two, three, whatever percent of their fans that root for the Yankees, the Yankees will be fine. They'll always be fine. Have some sympathy. 73 so, years, that's long enough well, to wait. Well, first of all, they've had a few more pennants than the two you remember. They did win in 1995. Yeah. They did win in 1954. Correct. But whatever, we're not going to part We're not doing 54 that, here. Yeah, we're not doing <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, bro, I'm just saying. I Here's you. where we disagree. And Hoffman's going to have to break the tie on this one. I, maybe because I've seen nothing. I've seen no championships from any of the teams I root for. I don't play that sympathy card. There is no sympathy towards the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians in the fact they now have the longest drought in Major League Baseball. Because if they win a World Series, just like I felt when the Cubs won a World Series or when the Cavaliers won an NBA championship, or when any long curse has broken the Red Sox back in 04, it actually makes me really, really, really jealous. More so than other teams winning a championship. Because I say, oh, they can do it. Those sons of bitches finally won, and my team hasn't. So I I understand in taking on the Yankees, sure, that's fine. I don't think you need a reason to root against the Yankees if you're a Met fan. But that sympathy card doesn't work for me. I was depressed during that 2016 World Series because I knew someone was breaking a giant, giant streak of not winning, and it was going to make me feel worse about the team I root for. And and that's the exact same way I feel any time a team does that. And and you do bring bring up a good point, Evan, because I do remember – and also keep this in mind. Once one – alleviates it right if the if the cleveland team got out of there the mets would move up were they ninth right now eighth or ninth longest drought so they would move up a notch so right it also adds on to the met length of not winning you know which one which one killed me the most and it's not baseball related but i'll explain it real quick because i think a lot of met fans are jet fans when the kansas city chiefs won their super bowl a part of me said wait a second we are the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, think about it. The Jets won their championship, Super Bowl three. Chiefs won their Super Bowl, Super Bowl four. They both kind of legitimized the AFL. And then both organizations had some near misses, some championship games that they didn't win. 
but neither franchise got back to a Super Bowl. Both franchises were basically lost in the wilderness for decades and decades and decades. And then all of a sudden, by the grace of the freaking football gods, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid walk on their doorstep. And now all of a sudden, they're goddamn perennial winners. And I, I'm okay with them now because once they rip the Band-Aid off, it's you know easier to accept. But it was really difficult watching the Kansas City Chiefs win for the very first time. So I hold bitterness against teams that end long droughts. So, Hoff, are you more on the side of me? Or are you like, oh, I feel bad for that team, that city. Let them win. I don't feel bad. And I'm. It's my, my answer is confused because I have majority of my household are Yankee fans. So I kind of wanted the series to end today because I don't want to go through this hassle with them. Because I'll just put it this way. I had a child screaming and crying throughout the entire game, and I thought the Yankees were losing at one point in time. I thought they were down, and then I walk in the room, and they were up 3-2. He was just that nervous, and it wasn't my five-year-old. It was the older guy. (laughs) He was bugging out. So for that, I'm like, I feel bad for them. That's the only reason why I feel bad, but I've definitely rooted against the Yankees. But here's the thing is, it's not about the Guardians. I'm really – I don't want the Astros to win. Like, if all the teams that are available right now – they are my least favorite that I want to see win another freaking World Series. I know that's t- that's tough to say because, like, well, what about the Yankees? Do you really want to see them win too? I hate the Astros so much for that cheating nonsense that I can't see them win a World Series again. If they do, it's going to make me vomit. So it's like the Yankees have a better chance of beating the Astros than the Guardians do. And that's where <laughs> by, I'm by the way, we are all so completely different because <laughs> – I don't know when it happened. I'm not sure the exact moment it happened. But if I would rank the five teams that are left, and again, we are recording this for the Yankees and Cleveland play game five. So eventually, there'll be four teams, at least for a week or so. But if I was going to rank these teams in the order of who I want to see win a championship, it's not even close who's number one. There is one team well above the rest. And that team, Peter Hoffman, is the Houston Astros. And let me tell you why. Number one, they've already won. So uh, there's none of that, what I just described. Like uh, San Diego Padres have never won a World Series. The San Diego Padres or the city of San Diego just lost a football team. They don't have a basketball team anymore. I I would still be not as jealous, but a little bit jealous to see the Padres win their first World Series. It wouldn't kill me as much as Cleveland or when the Cubs did it or when the Red Sox did it or when the Chiefs did it. But ideally, there'd be some jealousy if the San Diego Padres pulled it off. Otherwise, I've got no quarrels with them, which we'll get into later. But the Astros of A A have won. B, they have never really done anything to me. Now, think about it. What is the Met-Astro history in terms of our generation? 1986 is a history lesson. You know, we don't really, we don't remember the National League Championship Series from 1986. And and by the way, the Mets won. So where would there be bitterness? But during their time of sharing the National League, I don't really have that many horrific memories about the Astrodome. I remember Mike Piazza hitting an epic home run off Billy Wagner and Todd Homely hitting a game-winning home run in that game. Outside of that, the Astros were just, another National League team that happened to be born the same year the Mets were in 1962. So, A, I got no long-term history with them. B, they've already won, so winning another World Series, whatever. They've also been a three-World Series. And here's the third thing. 
I love how they drive you all nuts. I love how they drive Yankee fans nuts. I love how they drive Dodger fans nuts. I love how everyone wants to delegitimize the Houston Astros, and yet all the effing do is win. I love that about them. And look, as both of you guys know, I also love their best player, Jose Altuve, who I've had on my fantasy team for a decade. That's not the driving reason, though, in all seriousness. I love Altuve, but it's easy to like one player and not root for a team. But I love the way the Astros drive everybody nuts. And I think them winning a World Series, what would you say then? If you're a Yankee fan or a Dodger fan or a Red Sox fan or whoever you are that says they're fraudulent, they're fakes, they're cheaters, what are you going to say if they get to yet another World Series and this time win it? And there's nobody on the team I dislike. You know, they have one former Met, Rafael Montero, who's you know, a fart in the wind. Who cares? So, yeah, I got no quarrels with the Astros. And those are all my reasons why. Yeah, Ed, I'm, I'm with you, dude. To me, it's the Astros, number one, because for someone like me who just hates the Yankees and their fans, I know the team, especially if they meet in the ALCS, the Astros to win that series, win another World Series, it would drive them crazy, therefore it would make me happy. And yeah, I have no, like you said, no negative views towards them. I do like the heel in professional wrestling. I like the heel in baseball. Maybe the Mets could knock <laughs> off the You know, I like the idea of having, you kind of need, and they have that swagger and they, so, yeah, I, I don't hate them at all. So I, I would put them number one above everybody just because it would bother and stick it to the Yankee fans. Then as we go down, Cleveland, Padres, because of the droughts, that's that's where I would start ranking them. But, but what's, what's fun about the Astros is that I think in every sport you need that constant. You know, if every single year was a crapshoot, and let's say the ALCS, you know, because we have a crapshoot in the NLC, NLCS, mm -hmm. no doubt about it. The Padres and Phillies is an absolute, how the hell did that happen, crapshoot. If we had an American League championship series between the Seattle Mariners and the Tampa Bay Rays, which would have been a crapshoot as well, I don't know. It, it would be missed something. As cool as it would be that it's wide open, you need that constant, that bad guy, that, like you said, Louie, that heel you got to knock off. The Astros are that team. They are the modern-day Yankees. Now, I know they haven't won enough. They've only won one World Series, so anytime someone compares this Astro run to what the Yankees did in the late 90s, it's easy to say, come on, the Yankees won how many championships? And you're right. But the Astros have gone to three World Series. Three. They have been the six consecutive American League Championship Series. It's, it really is incredible what they've accomplished. And I think that's important in sport. I do. I think it's important to have that one team to shoot at. Uh, to shoot at. And so I think the Astros kind of that. And look, there's nobody on that team that, has really done anything to us. You know, we talk about the franchise not doing anything to us. The players haven't really done anything to us, whether it's Jose Altuve or Alex Bregman or Jeremy Pena or Julie Gurriel or Justin Verlander or Frambois Valdez. You go down the list, they're just real good baseball players that, you know, we happen to have seen. And I don't want to talk about the four regular season games from 2022 <laughs> yeah. because none of that crap matters. Did we convince you, Hoff? Are you now an Astro fan? No, I'm not. And that's the thing. Is, like, I am bothered <laughs> by that. I'm bothered by the fact that you got rid of George Springer. You got rid of Carlos Correa. You got rid of Garrett Cole. You got rid of all these players. And yet they're still kicking ass. And they're still bringing up all these young prospects. Listen, Kyle Tucker, amazing. I love the guy. He's on my fantasy team too. But I still hate the freaking team. And I hate to see these 
elite teams. I want to see something fresh. I want to see something new. Unfortunately, we're going to get something new out of the National League, and I hate both teams, so it's it sucks hey, no matter one what. One quick thing about Cleveland, whether they advance or not, they do feature two guys that were obviously the key to the Francisco Lindor trade. Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario. Rosario hit the big home run. Jimenez had an all-star caliber year. Personally, I'll start, and tell me how you guys feel about this. They don't phase me at all. Like, I'm not sitting there watching them succeed and saying, oh, my God, I can't believe they made this trade. It's one of those trades that in the moment really works for both teams. I think the big critique on the Mets may be that they signed Francisco Lindor, that they made the trade and gave him $300 million, that, hey, maybe they don't trade any prospects, they keep both these guys, and they just sign Carlos Correa, or they just sign Corey Seager. But I understand why Steve Cohen did it. I think it was a message. I think it was a necessity to say, hey, I'm the new sheriff in town. We're going for it. And here's the guy that we're going to kind of build around for the next 10 years. And Lindor had a great 2022. As much as he flamed out in the postseason and flamed out in the series against the Braves, look, everybody did. That's the truth. So did Alonzo. I mean, everybody freaking flamed out in those six games. I'm not going to look at those six games and say, all right, forget everything else. He had a really good season. And to me, he's still better at this point, better than either guy. I don't think Rosario's that good. I'll start with him. Like, if he was on this right now, would he play? Like, seriously, would he be an everyday player? Where? No. No, probably not. Uh, I don't think he's really grown as a player. Jimenez is a different story. He had an all-star caliber year. He may only get better and better. But I don't think either guy's as good as Lindor. So it's one of those trades that, I hate to say it, you kind of look at and say, I think it works for both sides. But when I'm watching Yankees-Cleveland, or even before that, when I was watching Cleveland in general, Jimenez and Rosario make zero impact on me. Whether they do well, I'm not happy for them. Whether they do well, I'm not jealous that they're doing well. I think if Lindor had another bad year, maybe. But because Lindor had a really productive season and was one of the more valuable players for this team, I have zero emotion watching Jimenez and Rosario. Yeah, no, Ev, I agree, man. It's a trade that worked out for both. Uh, Lindor, I run hot and cold with, but yeah, it worked out for both teams. So let me make this clear. Those two guys are on Cleveland, and they're playing the Yankees. So I don't care if I hate it. It's Syndergaard, uh, Larry Jones, Pat Burrell, managed by Bobby Cox, could be facing the Yankees, and I'm rooting for the team that team facing the Yankees. So I look at things under that kind of scope. It's all about getting the Yankees out, and then I can start thinking about whether or not I like guys, don't like guys. But those two guys in particular, when I watch them on Cleveland, taking the Yankees, let's just say, out of it, I have no ill will towards them. Because when you make a trade, you'd like to see both sides work it out, right? Like in theory. And it did in that spot. So I don't know how you feel the same way. Well, why not? I don't, I don't, I don't. So you need to, I mean, Evan, you know, you, you, I'm, you're going to be that <laughs> cynical. Like, it, what is it? So you want a nanny nanny poo poo the trade? What's the difference? No, if no, you no. You get no, a great I, guy back no, no. and Lindor's great for 10 years. Who cares what we get? I, we don't I, worry about just, it with Santana deal or any of that stuff. No, no. My quarrel is maybe the words you use. Like, you want to see the trade work out for both sides. I don't really care if it works out for both sides. I mean, sure, it works out great, but. I, it doesn't phase me at all. Like, the only thing that phases me is how did the guy do for me? And that's for, let's say Kelnick right now. Edwin Diaz, that trade has now worked. Now, we can hit her all these years later and say, wow, that effing trade was completely worth it because of what Edwin Diaz is now becoming, and I do think the Mets are going to resign him. If Kelnick now becomes a star, I don't even care anymore. Whether he's a star, he's a bust. So 
when you say that's what you want, I guess my reaction is no, I don't give a crap. Go All right, you put it better. I guess what I'm saying is if I get a great <laughs> asset back and he's really good, then I don't care slash want. Like that's I'm indifferent. There you, you know go. what I mean? Like I'm it's cool. There you go. Here's the thing about the the Lindor trade, and I, I, I it's it's we're we're past it already. I'm I'm okay with it now, but at that time, I saw what was going on in free agency in the next couple of years, and I was bothered the fact that they went out and and signed Francisco Lindor on top of trading for him because there was other positions of need. So for that, bothered me. Overall, Francisco Lindor is a great player. I, I don't, I don't care so much. So I, I didn't care giving up Jimenez and Rosario for, for whatever. You could have given me anybody as long as it was an impact player. But again, like I think Francisco Lindor did not need to be traded for. There could have been a guy, uh, maybe a third baseman named Olin Arenado, who was available. That maybe you could have made a move for him. That's the only regret I have about that trade that I said from the get go. But besides that, it, it is what it is. I have no. I, I don't care about Rosario. I don't care about Jimenez. I don't care about Kelnick. I just want the people that are on the New York Mets to produce. I'm with that's you. all I want. By the way, there's one former Met on the Yankees, and that's Miguel Castro, who Aaron Boone will not use because he sucks. So right. that's that's the only former Met there. Obviously, Cleveland's got uh, Jimenez and Rosario. The Astros have Rafael Montero. The Dodgers had a bunch, and obviously the Braves had Travis Darnell. But in the National League Championship Series, there are three former New York Mets in this NLCS. By the way, Lugie, can you name the three guys, the former Mets in the National League Championship Series? It's not that, former, it's not that difficult. It's not that difficult. Syndergaard, from, let me think here. You know I'm Come bad on. at trivia stuff. Come on! Uh, give me a second. There's two guys I you got to get. Need hints, There's bro? two guys I mean, you got to get off the top. And the third guy, I, I totally give you a pass on. Syndergaard's easy. You, If you can't name the second guy, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you either. My brain for, uh, locks a lot like when, when it comes to this stuff. Oh, my um, God. Especially <laughs> when you start adding it on. Uh, it shouldn't be that difficult. Um, <laughs> my God. He almost oh, got traded to the Brewers. Wilmer Flores cried over this. See, now you- Wilmer Flores cried over this. He almost. Oh my god. I'm blanking. Sorry, I blank at this, especially when I get like nervous. I feel like I'm not getting it. Blank. Be- Zach oh, fucking Wheeler. Wheeler. Excuse me. The third. Who's the third one? Hey, oh, Zachariah. And the third guy is Brandon Drury, who somehow, you know, kind of oh, became Drury, a star this right. year. Was, uh, yeah, I don't know why, but I locked. Yeah, up. That- that's my bad. That's okay. Um, this is an easy NLCS to watch. I think every single Met fan has to root for the Padres. We we cannot live in a world in which the Philadelphia Phillies, because we already experienced it. That's a thing. It wasn't that long ago when the Philadelphia Phillies went to back-to-back World Series, when the Philadelphia Phillies looked like a burgeoning dynasty. Luckily, it didn't turn into that. When we were forced, really disgustingly, to have to root for the Philadelphia Phillies in a World Series against the New York Yankees in 2009. It was disgusting. So this is one of those series where, I mean, I think as a Met fan, you got to be super passionate about the San Diego Padres. And, you know, even though we just played them, even though we lost to them in a hard-fought best of three, I didn't walk away from that series with, like, hatred 
that's deep to the San Diego Padres. I think I actually walked away from that series more pissed off at my own team. I mean, yeah, Trent Grisham looked like Barry Bonds, no doubt. Juan Soto's always haunted us. But I think I escaped that matchup. I don't know if you agree. More upset with the Mets than any kind of uh, long-term hate towards the San Diego Padres. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think sometimes there are those people that are, you know, oh, we just lost to the Padres, therefore we want to see them fail. That doesn't escape uh, or eliminate the history of hatred with the Phillies and the guys on their team, more Syndergaard than Wheeler in, in my book, just the way he acted, ducked the Mets, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have any ill will towards the Padres. Look, did I love the way Musgrove and Machado were acting in game three? No, but I get it. You're a competitor. You're challenged. You want to dance on the grave, dance on the grade. And ultimately with me, dude, a lot of the times we're talking about the players. We're talking about the teams. But for me, more often than not, it boils down to the fans. The fans of the Philadelphia Phillies are good buddies over there in the uh, city of brotherly love who I can't stand who I hate. So that, to me, what it boils down to ultimately the most is the fans and the, the blood rivalry we have with them. So, yeah, it, to me, it's, it's um, Padres without a doubt, 100%. Well, here's the other thing. So the Mets have had some success in the last 25 years. I mean, they went to a world series in 2000 should have gone to a world series in 06, went to a world series in 2015. Obviously we just haven't grabbed the, the real thing, which is winning. But I look at the division we reside in and especially recently, there's been too much winning going on. I mean, you look at the Atlanta Braves winning a world series last year. They've obviously owned the division now for a half a decade, which is what we grew up on. So it's like the old days reincarnated, but they won a World Series a year ago. The Washington Nationals, who were just perennial postseason choke artists, finally won their World Series in 2019. So think about it. 1921, we got the Nationals, we got the Braves. Then you got the Phillies, who I just mentioned, who had their run. It's been a while, but they had their run not that long ago, really at our expense. We brought them into this world when we collapsed in 2007. They got exited pretty early that year, but then in 2008, they go out and win the freaking World Series. 2009, they go back to the World Series. 2010, they're in the League Championship Series. They had a really, really good run. But you have a Phillies World Series from 09, a Braves World Series from 21 and 95, a Nationals World Series from 19, Two freaking Marlins World Series from 03 and 97. And then we're standing there like schmucks with balls in our hands. So I, I cannot see another National League East team go on a miraculous run like the Braves did last year. And like the Nationals did in 19. The, fr the freaking Nationals were in a wild card game losing late with the Brewers closer on the mound in a wild card game. They come back, they win that yep. game, boom, boom, boom. They're freaking winning a game seven in Houston. So the success of the National League East, that's not something I'm proud of. This ain't like the SEC in college football where you're like, go conference. This is embarrassing that everybody in the NL East is getting a turn except us. Oh, no doubt about it, bro. I, look, I have. And who? No, I know. Who Red misplayed Grisham, the ball right field, by the way? Drink Grisham. In that Brewers series? You know, honestly, I, I think the bitch. Padres are, are going to win the series. They just have – I know the Phillies have the, the look too, but but the Padres have, have put so much money, so much equity, so much – you know, they've made so many moves. This, this kind of feels like their moment. And the Phillies, the Phillies, I feel like, are on this, you know, magic carpet run that I think is, is going to run out. But, yeah, dude, I mean, honestly, like, 
I have some sense of like National League pride when it comes to like the World Series stuff like that. But yes. I sure as hell ain't rooting for the NL East when we're the ones stuck with our you know what in our hands and can't seem to win a World Series where everyone else is is doing so. That's the thing. I mean, it, it's and what, what's sort of crazy, and I don't know if this what, maybe we could construe as a good thing, is that it seems like teams make their runs when they don't have the best year in a group of years where they had really good years. What I mean by that would be 2020 is weird with the LA Dodgers. So I almost have to eliminate it because they did have a really good year. It was short in season. So it's tough to really compare it. But in 2018, the LA Dodgers got to the world series. That was a year they won 92 games. They barely won the division. I think they had that, uh, that freaking one game playoff with the Colorado Rockies at the end of the season, just to win the division. But there were three teams in the National League that won more games than the L.A. Dodgers that season. And that was the year they actually won the National League pennant. Uh, the year before that's a little bit different. In 2017, they did win 104 games. But the Dodgers, in a 111-win season, get knocked out in the first round or in the real first round, the divisional series. Look at the Atlanta Braves. Last year, they were so fortunate to even make the playoffs. We had a chance to bury them back in July. They survive a five-game series against us. They go out and make a bunch of low-level trades, get hot at the right time, win the division, didn't win a lot of games, and they win the freaking World Series. The Nationals had so many good years in the mid-2000s. Then the year they finally win a World Series is the year they're in the wild card game in 2019. There were so many examples of this where, and look, it, there's no rhyme or reason for it. Maybe it's just something to kind of cling hope towards is that sometimes these teams who have good years, a bunch of good years, don't win in their best year. And, and that's been the case with the Atlanta Braves. That was the case with the Washington Nationals. It wasn't winning the World Series, but at least getting to that second straight World Series in 2018 was the case with the L.A. Dodgers. And I, I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if that means we, we should sit here rooting for the Mets to win 89 games so they can get hot at the right time. But it, it seems to be so common now in the National League specifically, where when you have your better year, you're probably having some kind of early exit that's disappointing. When you have your eh, decent year, but they made the playoffs, that's the F year you go on a run and win a championship. Ev, the one thing, like we talk about this in ho hockey. Like I know not everyone's a big hockey fan, but you talk about the hot goaltender, right? That's a huge deal. If, if a team sweeps and moves on and sit around for days and days and days. That takes away from that team. We've seen it before in, in, in a lot of different series. We saw yep. that, by the way, with the Rockies yep. when they went to the World Series versus the Red Sox. They were demolishing teams, and then they had that long layoff, and next thing you know, they got, they got destroyed by the Red Sox. It, the long layoff is not a benefit. It's I, I, it sucks to say that because you think you deserve something. You, you you deserve something for winning division, for having the best record of baseball. But all that's yeah, that's I mean, look, most of these teams we, we're, in we early saw it twice in the National League. We didn't see it one time in the American League, though. The Astros had a hard fought series. But what's really so difficult to figure out is that the Philadelphia Phillies, in their last thirty five games they played, went fifteen and twenty. They were not good. You know, we talk so critically about the way the Mets played down the stretch of the season, they were better than the Philadelphia Phillies. They, they were just a flat-out better team despite getting swept by the Chicago Cubs, despite some of the disappointments. And there was no sign whatsoever from Philadelphia that they were going to go on this run. You know, the Philadelphia Phillies got swept by the Chicago Cubs too. 
that 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 actually happened down the stretch of the season. But we forget about it now because all of a sudden, it, out of absolute effing nowhere, they won two straight games against the Cardinals, including a pulling a game out of their ass in game one, and then won three out of four against the team they, they didn't really beat during the regular season. And the Padre thing is on another level because they got owned by LA all year long and they were 21, 22 games worse. It's, it's confounding. It's frustrating, but it's sort of, I don't know, weirdly makes me feel better because it well, just I, shows you that none of this shit makes sense. I, 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 Evan, I, I see what you're doing here and I, and I, and I appreciate it. I'm sure the, the Rico Bronia uh, audience appreciates it. You're grasping at straws, looking for hope <laughs> for the Mets, trying to tie this stuff in. Let me give you one here that people will get pissed off at me. I'm sure because this is like extremely negative, but we'll use the, I'm going to use the Cubs 107 years, right? They went 107 years without a world series. That means countless Cubs fans were born a Cubs fan and died a Cubs fan. And they didn't see the world series. No, no, you, listen, bro, you're so right. It's not, not a, it's not a given. I'm just saying, though, it's just, it's not as much. I just, that's the other side of the coin there. I just want to give the morbid other, you're trying to say, well, if the Phillies No, no, do this, I'm not, but Lugie, things can, nowhere, it's not a guarantee we're going to ever win. We can't draw based on the Phillies did this, the Cardinals did that, no, the no, Braves did that. The I've Mets never once said. What about said, the Mets? But I've never once said this means the Mets are going to win anything. And I'm not saying it to make anyone feel better. I'm saying it because I've thought about it watching baseball for the last week. How none of this makes sense. It doesn't mean I think, hey, next year the Mets are going to win 89 games and get hot at the right time. I think really what it means, here's the overall meaning. You have to find a way to get into this stupid tournament every single season. And that's got to be the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal has to be go out and make the playoffs every single year. Because if you give yourself a lottery ticket every year, doesn't mean you're going to win the lottery. But if you have a lottery ticket every year, you have a chance. And that's really what I'm asking for. Now, is that going to change how I view this offseason? Not really. I think we're, we're still going to say, hey, they got to build the best team possible. I don't think it changes my opinion or your opinion, and I certainly hope it doesn't change the opinion of Steve Cohen that they have to go out and just build the best team possible and hope that you win as many games as possible and hope that you play your best baseball at the right time of year. But I think it's just a reminder that in this day and age, especially, just make the freaking playoffs every year, and hope that one of those times you make it. Do you think they get need, hot? Go ahead. Do you think you need they need to uh, change? Do you think they need to change the playoff format a little bit again? I, and I know which is it's the first year they're doing this, but do you think the three game series well, is effective? Do you think that they need to extend to a five? That's what I keep on hearing from people. It's got to be five. The 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 NLDS so needs to go set. It's the first seven. time I'm really moving into this area. Howie Rose was tweeting about it over the weekend, and he made me think, which is, can we really have a 162-game season? Based on everything we just said about the luck, about just get to the tournament, you are slowly going to move yourself into an NBA-like regular season. And I, and I don't want to be that. And, and look, I, I'm kind of a hypocrite on that because – I'm a diehard NBA fan. I, I am into every game. So it's not like I, I take the regular season for granted, even as a basketball fan, because I still think there's relevance. You know, you still want to host as many games as possible, even though it doesn't guarantee you anything. You still want to have the highest seat as possible, even though it doesn't guarantee you anything. But I do think that you have to look at shortening the regular season. And then, yeah, maybe the return on that is making the postseason longer, which it, it's a weird thing to say. 
because if you make the postseason longer, you almost make it less special. But the longer a series is, the greater the possibility that the better team wins. And, and I do think that's the truth. So I saw Howie tweet the idea of cut down the regular season, have the wild card series and the division series both be best of five, and then the LCS and World Series best of seven. I mean, you could even take it a step further and say maybe everything should be best of seven. You know, as crazy as that may sound, and I know that means the playoffs would be really, really long, but maybe that means the regular season goes down to 142 games or something like that. Uh, I know that kind of ruins the stats, uh, which is a big part of baseball and records and all those things we look at. But if we really are marching down a world where a team wins 111 games and gets bounced in four by a team that won 89, I mean, then eventually, and I'm not saying it would happen now. I think you want to see it happen over and over again. Eventually, yeah, you, you got to say, should we do something different? Yeah, you don't want you don't want to you don't want the regular season that doesn't matter where Pete Alonso's wearing a bright orange suit like Ben Simmons and uh, not playing half the year. We don't want we don't don't take shots. <laughs> Is of Lindor my team. Uh, Alonso <laughs> and McNeil going to play a combined ninety eight and a half games in the year? Um, I like that idea. Ev. I think I agree. I think you need to see a larger sample size. But if we have this uh, occurrence where a hundred when teams are getting bounced early because of the shorter series, there's an argument to figuring it out and making it longer series. Therefore, you because let's be honest, I think if you take away our personal fandoms for the team, if you're just an overall baseball fan, you probably want to see the best teams advance. You want to see the best matchups, right? In theory, most years. Granted, once in a while to get that nice, great Cinderella run is awesome. But in general, you want the cream to rise to the top and, my, and, and the big teams to get there. My, my dad asked me a very simple question when the Padres defeated the Dodgers. He said, yeah, great. I'm happy the Padres won. Is this good for baseball? Like a very simple question. Like, is this good? And I thought about it, and there's a yes and there's a no. I think for mid-market teams, for small market teams, for teams that win 87 games, it's absolutely great. Because unlike in the NBA, if you're in the play-in tournament, what the hell does that mean? You're going to get an extra game, and then you're probably going to get wiped out in the first round of your series, right? But I think that there's hope in baseball that even if you're a fan of, you know, in this year's case, and I'm not, they're not small market teams necessarily because the Phillies spend a lot of money and the Padres spend a lot of money, but they were clearly not as good as teams in their division. The Philadelphia Phillies were clearly not as good as the Mets, clearly not as good as the Braves. Padres were clearly not as good as the Dodgers. And yet, voila, here they are. For teams on that level, it's freaking great. Where it sucks is if you're a big market team that's really good every single year, it sucks if you're the Yankees. It sucks if you're the Dodgers. And I hope it sucks for us because that means we're there every year. We haven't done that yet. you know. So I can't even say it sucks for us because, geez, one straight playoff appearance, that it's not enough to get arrogant and say, yeah, it sucks for us. <laughs> the regular season, what a waste. No, hopefully it will. So I think it's good for certain teams and it's bad for other teams. As far as where we are right now, I think it sucks because we just watched a a really good regular season that got spoiled by six games. That's the bottom line. I mean, you know, because as time goes by and we're a week out now from this season ending, I think more of me will admit, hey, that was a really good regular season as much as we all want to say it was a waste of time. And ultimately it was. They, they did win 101 games. That is a really good accomplishment as time goes by. and. Ultimately, 
it freaking meant nothing because of six horrific games that they played where they lost five out of six. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and for someone like me, the, my mindset is, and, and you alluded to this on our show I, over the summer, I forgot when exactly, but you basically said, listen, we've seen this before. We've been in the World Series, we've been in the playoffs. I'm tired of seeing that movie. I want to see the one where we win. So to me at this point, anything short of that is going to be a failure, is going to be a disappointment. As far as, yeah, the, the teams that, like a Padres or a Phillies, that it gives teams hope. Because what, what has always been the complaint with baseball, even though this is not true, is that, oh, if you have all the money and you spend and you're going to win World Series. And we, we've seen other teams win differently. The Royals, the Astros, you know, they, they built up by losing a, like 100 games in a year. So there's multiple ways ways to win. But so, so to answer your dad's question, like you said, it, it kind of is good for some, it's good for better. But what does baseball ultimately want? And we're going to find out if we get a Cleveland San Diego World Series, <laughs> I think we know that the Nielsen ratings are not exactly going to be super high. So what I'm sure baseball wants is your Yankees Dodgers, your Mets Red Sox, you know, th- those type of matchups where in theory you're going to, even if you don't get a large national audience, you're going to be in the big market states that are going to have high ratings. So I think ultimately, of course, baseball and all sports want their biggest, highest markets, big pay teams, superstar players, uh, getting there at the end. Well, hopefully, if you and I specifically get what we want, we would be staring at a San Diego Padres-Houston Astros World Series, or as I like to call it, a rematch of the 1998 National League Divisional Series. That was a classic series. Remember that? Jim Leritz, Randy Johnson, Kevin Brown. Oh, that was classic. And we'd get a rematch, except in the World Series, as odd as that sounds. Uh, so hopefully we get Padres Astros. We'll have another Rico Brony in a couple of days, and I'll tell you exactly what it's about. It's about one thing, one topic, and one person. The next edition of Rico Bronia, which will be in your podcast folder or wherever the hell you get podcasts by Thursday morning, will be about Jacob deGrom, just Jacob deGrom. Should they sign Jacob deGrom? What a contract would look like for Jacob deGrom, how they would replace Jacob deGrom, how great Jacob deGrom is, our least favorite Jacob deGrom moment, our favorite Jacob deGrom moment, everything you could ever imagine about Jacob deGrom and his future will be discussed on the next edition of Rico Bronia. Thank you, Thomas Lugauer. You can hear him with me and Craig 2 to 6.30 on WFA and Carton Roberts. And, of course, Pete with Tiki and Tierney right before us on WFAN. Thank you for listening to Rico Brony. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronia podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.